This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Yes, we think it's a matter of historical record that Mr. Miller and I have been here fighting for your rights for years. Now, we didn't specifically necessarily fight for your right to party, but by God, we think we should include it among the multitude of rights that we are standing up for. And we would be the first to stress that you don't necessarily want to be partying all the time. You know what I mean? But we've just passed through a, uh, the holiday season from Thanksgiving through Christmas through New Year's, and we're now, what do you know, in the brand spanking new year of 2024. And we can't think of a better way to start off 2024 than by referring to our good friend Dave Barry's look back at, looking back at 2023 in his annual year in review. We pointed out on this program in the past that we have received permission, as it were, from Mr. Barry himself to use his material on the air. Well, at least when I met him in Santa Rosa many years back and told him that we did rely upon his uh, funny stuff on a fairly regular basis, his comment was, I don't care. So if we go forward and read Dave Barry's 2023 year in review, we hope that his legal representatives will keep that in mind. Anyway, without further ado, let's take a flying leap into the comedy stylings of Mr. Dave Barry, who started out this year by saying it was a year of reckoning year in which humanity has finally begun to understand that it faces an existential threat. A threat unlike any we have ever faced before. A threat that will wreak havoc on our fragile planet if we fail to stop it. And it may already be too late. We are referring, of course, to pickleball. Nobody knows where it started. Some scientists believe it escaped from a laboratory in China. But whatever its origin, it has been spreading like rancid mayonnaise ever since to the point where pickleball courts now cover 43% of the continental United States landmass. Unfortunately, notes Mr. Barry, pickleball wasn't the only existential threat to emerge in 2023. There was also artificial intelligence, or AI. What is AI? To put it in simple layperson terms, it is a computer thing that laypersons cannot possibly understand. AI does provide some unambiguous benefits to humanity. It enables college students to produce grammatically correct essays about books they have not personally read. But according to some experts, and if we can't believe some experts, who can we believe? There's a possibility that AI will wipe out all human life. This is what computer professionals call a bug. Will AI kill us all? Why would it want to? To answer that question, we took the unusual step for us of doing some actual research. We asked an AI program called chat GPT, to, quote, briefly summarize the benefits of wiping out all human life, unquote. This is its response. 
While I don't endorse or promote this view, purely hypothetically, benefits could include environmental recovery, cessation of human-induced global catastrophe, and resource preservation. However, the value and importance of human life, culture, and experience does make such a scenario undesirable from a human perspective. Of course, I'm not a human, so what the hell do I care? Mwahahaha! For the record, ChatGPT did not actually include that last sentence, but it is clearly implied. So with a heavy heart and upset stomach, we take a look back at 2023, starting as always with January. In Washington, D.C., the Republicans regained control of the House of Representatives and immediately demonstrate their qualifications to govern the nation by taking five days and 15 ballots to elect a speaker, which is kind of like a Formula One driver spending the first 20 minutes of a race changing his oil. Adding to the Republicans' embarrassment is a member of their freshman class named, as far as we know, George Santos, who apparently lied about his education, employment, finances, family, religion, health, and criminal record. Also, biologically, he is a mollusk. Nevertheless, House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy stands by Santos at this point, saying, we cannot ignore the will of the voters just because they're idiots. In the great American culture war, the two sides take a brief hiatus from hating each other over the issue of drag queen shows and spend several days hating each other over the issue of gas stoves, which the government either is or is not planning to ban. As is traditional in the great American culture war, neither side is concerned about the actual facts as it is about hating the other side. And speaking of struggles, in February, the United States finds itself grappling with a new threat, which threatens to be even more threatening than the other threats that currently threaten the nation. Balloons. The crisis begins when an alert Montana resident named Chase Doak, who apparently is the nation's first line of defense against airborne intruders, photographs a mysterious object. It was just right here, Doak says, in a quote that we're not making up, quote, it was literally just right here in the vicinity of my driveway, unquote. The U.S. Defense Department says the object is a Chinese surveillance balloon. The Chinese government says that it is probably a bat. As the balloon makes its way across the country, it behaves in a suspicious manner, loitering over missile sites, displaying in large letters on its side the word Goodyear, and registering to vote in four different states. The last straw is when the balloon makes a guest appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live, leaving the Biden administration no choice but to have the Air Force shoot it down. Over the next few days, in a show of vigilance, the Air Force shoots down several more airborne objects, but it's not clear whether these are also Chinese spy balloons or stray Southwest airline flights or the Wizard of Oz or whatever. In sports, LeBron James sets a new NBA record for points scored, breaking the record previously set by U.S. Representative George Santos. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball gets underway with new rules intended to shorten the game, including breaking ties with rock, paper, scissors, and also the elimination of third base. And speaking of things being eliminated, in March, in the Academy Awards, everything, everywhere, all at once wins the Oscar for Best Picture that nobody understands. The overwhelmingly most successful movie of 2022 in the U.S., Top Gun Maverick, does not win any major Oscars because, in the words of the Academy, too many people liked it. The awards for Best Actor and Best Actress both go to U.S. Representative George Santos. And the excitement continues in April 
When Fox News agrees to pay $787.5 million to Dominion voting systems for allegedly doing to Dominion what Donald Trump claims he did not do to Stormy Daniels. On Broadway, the Phantom of the Opera brings down the final curtain after a record-breaking 35 years. And that was just for one performance, or at least that's how it felt to some of us. Speaking of long-running dramas, in May, millions of fans of the British monarchy gradually doze off in front of their TV screens as Charles is formally crowned King of the United Kingdom in a tradition-rich ceremony of elderly men in robes fussing about for six straight hours. This comes after the British courts strike down a last-minute claim to the throne from U.S. Representative George Santos. In June, a Russian mercenary named Yevgeny Prigozhin, who looks like he got kicked out of the James Bond Villain Academy for being too evil, launches a coup attempt against Vladimir Putin, but calls it off a day later when Russian President Vladimir Putin agrees after tense negotiations to get him tickets to see Taylor Swift. In other disturbing environmental news, yachtsmen in the Strait of Gibraltar report that orcas have been deliberately attacking and sometimes sinking sailboats. What is even more troubling, marine biologists say, is that the orcas are posting video on TikTok. And in July, on the extraterrestrial front, a former Air Force intelligence officer tells a congressional committee investigating UFOs that the U.S. government recovered pieces of aliens from crashed spacecraft, but... They were eaten by Commander, the Biden's German Shepherd. In politics, the most visible campaigner in California is Governor Gavin Newsom, whose name can rearrange to spell veganism now. In a selfless display of selflessness, Newsom has been campaigning across America in support of Joe Biden's re-election, telling audiences that Biden has earned the right to continue leading the nation until it is time to pass the torch to someone younger and more photogenic who is governor of a popular state, speaks in complete sentences, and doesn't keep falling down, whomever that person might be. And in August, Donald Trump, in what has become a cherished American legal tradition, is indicted again. Actually, he's indicted twice, once in Washington and once in Georgia, which means he now faces 17,000 felony charges, including theft of a train, and if convicted, on all counts, he would face four million years in prison, followed by electrocution, none of which, oddly enough, would legally bar him from a second term as president. Trump surrenders to authorities in Fulton County, Georgia, and poses for a mugshot in which he displays the facial expression of a man who is feeling either fierce defiance or a sea urchin in his underpants. The mugshot instantly becomes the biggest hit of the summer, more popular than Barbie and Oppenheimer combined. Trump surges still further ahead in the polls, obliterating the other GOP hopefuls, most of whom had never even been arrested. Although Vivek Wamaswamy, hoping to establish his street cred, announces that he once returned a library book four days late. Abroad, Yevgeny Prigozhin, who led a brief attempted coup against Vladimir Putin, dies when the plane he is riding in explodes and falls out of the sky. The cause, according to an official statement, is pilot error, an explanation released by the Russian government 25 minutes before the crash. In the worsening environmental crisis, marine biologists report that the Gibraltar Orca Gang has now robbed a liquor store. In September, the Writers Guild reaches a tentative agreement with the entertainment industry under which, from now on, there will be only one streaming service 
which viewers can access by means of a single remote control with clearly labeled buttons that even an older adult can understand. And you can get the whole shebang for one reasonable monthly charge that is clearly stated and easy to cancel. <laughs> We're joking, of course. The entertainment industry will not rest until the number of streaming services exceeds the U.S. population. Also, there will come a day when you cannot flush your toilet without two-factor authentication. Speaking of alarming developments, in October, after weeks of humiliating ineptitude, the Republicans managed to elect a new speaker, an individual named Mike Johnson, who wasn't on anybody's list, and in fact isn't even a member of Congress. He was delivering a pizza to the Capitol and seemed at least marginally competent. All the toppings were correct, so they made him speaker. In November, Donald Trump goes on trial on charges he fraudulently exaggerated the value of his real estate properties. He heatedly denies this, testifying under oath that he is a hugely successful business person worth trillions of dollars with a measured IQ of 370, who can bench press 900 pounds and won 63 states in the 2020 presidential election. So why would he need to exaggerate? Another New York City trial ends with FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried facing up to 115 years in prison after a jury finds him guilty of styling his hair with a defective Roomba. And finally, in December, Taylor Swift is named Time Magazine's Person of the Year in recognition of the fact that she's the first feminine entertainer in history to lead the NFL in both rushing yards and quarterback sacks. Tesla is forced to recall more than 2 million cars after a review by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration finds that because of a glitch in the software, Tesla's placed in the autopilot mode will sometimes spontaneously and without warning attempt to mate with non-electric vehicles. Said an NHTSA official, we think this is where the hybrids are coming from. Anyway, always fun to review Mr. Dave Barry's look back at the year before. By the way, he closes with the, the following. 2024 is an election year, and if the polls are right, we're going to wind up nominating the same two candidates as last time. And if the polls are right, we really don't want either one. In other words, if the polls are right, we as a nation are insane. But does that mean the situation is hopeless? After all, things can change. We can't rule out the possibility that somehow in the coming year, a new leader will emerge, someone confident, someone decisive, someone unafraid to take bold action. But to answer our own question, we'd say, yeah, the situation's hopeless. But happy new year anyway. All right, Mr. Millen, since we're having fun, why don't we jump at this point into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Week magazine in its last edition for 2023. It was a good week last week for socialism. After former President Donald Trump 
who boasted in office that the stock market was, quote, setting one record after another, unquote, complained to supporters in Reno, Nevada, that today's even higher stock prices are only, quote, making rich people richer, unquote. Okay. And we'd have to say it was a bad week for priorities, at least in the United States House of Representatives, which wrapped up a historically unproductive legislative session by passing a bill that overturned an Obama-era ban on full-fat milk in schools. Now, personally, from the viewpoint of a physician, I'd have to say that banning full-fat milk in schools was stupid. But we would definitely not agree with one of the excuses offered by Representative Virginia Fox, Republican of North Carolina, who said that whole milk is the fuel Santa needs to travel the whole globe in one night. And by the way, over the Christmas holiday, yours truly... uh, accompanied by his girlfriend, did watch, finally, after all these years, Miracle on 34th Street. I'd always resisted watching this movie because from what I'd read about it, it seemed kind of lame. But after watching everything, everywhere, all at once, all the way through, the worst movie I've ever seen, I said to myself, how bad can it be? And the answer turned out to be not all that bad, although I certainly wouldn't regard it as a a classic or, or a great movie. Did any angels get their wings? That's the wrong movie, Mr. McMillan. Oh. Here's one that kind of whops us upside the head. Apparently it was an ugly week recently for the United States Army, which is battling a TikTok rebellion by enlisted influencers who are using the social media platform to make military life sound unpleasant. In one video, a recruit who goes by the name Truel warns followers that Army life can be, quote, physically demanding, unquote. He also complains that his commanding officers are prone to bossiness, often barking orders like they're on some kind of power trip. This next song is known as a march. I like marches because they have lots of drum beats in them, and I love the drums. I always hear marches played during parades by marching band. I'd like to be the leader of a marching band one day. to jump on some kind of bandwagon and imply that the TikTok generation just might not be what the army needs, but uh, one does have to wonder. Mr. Miller suggests that they check out Full Metal Jacket before enlisting, so they'll be perhaps a little bit less surprised by what they find in boot camp. Although they they are called camps, boot camp is nothing like band camp or summer camp. And finally, we have an item that would have to be considered both bad and ugly from a legal standpoint, but might might be good for the Donald Trump defense team. The story is this. Two Colorado shoplifters wanted reduced charges because the items they stole were on sale. Thefts below $2,000 are a misdemeanor in Colorado, and lawyers for Michael Green and Byron Bolden, charged with stealing $2,094 in merchandise, argued this figure reflects the full price of the goods, not the sale price. An unpersuaded jury convicted both men of felony theft. Said a prosecutor, just because an item is on sale doesn't mean it's free to steal. And that that has to be true. This certainly reminds me of the old joke about uh, the man who killed both of his parents and then threw himself on the mercy of the court because he was an orphan. 
But let's move on. We sometimes segue from uh, the good and bad and ugly into what we'd have to call as a miscellaneous or potpourri or just oddball section, and and I guess we're going to do that now because um, it doesn't get any odder than this. Apparently over in Thailand, a man named Paul Barton, he's a 62-year-old Royal Academy of Arts trained pianist from the UK who settled in Thailand after marrying a, a local, a woman named Kwan, an artist, for Barton's 50th birthday, Kwan persuaded Elephant's World, a Thai animal rescue organization, to let Barton bring a piano into the sanctuary. The piano was placed in a field in a part of the sanctuary undisturbed by visitors. The very first time Barton played, a blind elephant stopped eating to listen. We realize this elephant, trapped in a world of darkness, loved music. He's now played 150 concerts there and learned the elephant's quirks. One elephant lingers for hours if he plays Beethoven, but runs away from Schubert. Said Barton, music really does connect us all. It's a universal language. And for the evolutionary biologists in our audience, and we're, we're sure there's a few, we have the startling news that scientists have now determined that mucus has evolved at least 15 times in mammals. I knew it! Yes, according to New Scientist magazine, the proteins that make mucus have evolved in at least 15 independent instances in mammals, possibly by co-opting existing proteins into becoming mucus producers. Omer Gokoman at the University of Buffalo in New York said pretty much every animal and every, even yeast and bacteria have mucus. It's kind of an essential for life kind of substance. Most animals have numerous mucins that combine to create the right thickness and slickness in different areas of the body. Gokoman and colleagues performed a genetic analysis of 49 different mammals from pangolins to rhinoceroses and pinpointed 15 distinct mucins that weren't present in other species. Said the researcher, finding one new mucin would have been surprising, but finding over a dozen was a shock. And if you're keeping score, most species with unique mucins have just one, but others were standouts. Ferrets, for example, have a total of five mucins that are unique to ferrets alone. They now intend to research how many times the slimy stuff has evolved in slugs and snails. We, we wish them well. And if they win an ignoble award for this, we'll be the first to report it. And rounding out what Dave Barry just had to say a moment ago, we would cite the New York Times in noting that only 26 congressional bills made it into law this year, putting this last Congress on track to be the least productive in more than 90 years. The previous Congress, the 117th, passed 365 laws during its two-year term. The 116th passed 334, and the 115th passed 443. And no, we don't know how many of those laws that they passed were actually the renaming of post offices, which seems to be that's something that Congress excels at. Here's a story we just have to like. Reportedly, three men who allegedly robbed a check cashing service in Colorado were foiled when other thieves stole their getaway vehicle. <laughs> the armed and masked men who may have previously stolen the vehicle themselves, emerged from the check cashing service with their loot to find their car gone. They attempted to escape on foot. Two were quickly arrested and the third is being sought. Said an official at the Commerce City Police Department, we can't make this stuff up. 
And here's our showstopper oddball item. The headline is Mysterious High Energy Cosmic Ray Smashes into Earth. Now, the fact of the matter is, cosmic rays from deep space smash into our atmosphere all the time. Some of them have unusually high energies. One that struck with unusual high energy several years back got labeled the Oh My God particle. Its energy is so high it hasn't been completely explained to this day. Now, the one that hit recently here, this was in May of 2021, just now being reported on, came in with 244 exa-electron volts of energy, which is kind of hard to translate into uh, common terms. But thankfully, thankfully, some physicists did this for us and explained that this one particle had the equivalent energy to a tennis ball moving at nearly 100 kilometers per hour. Now, being somewhat of a tennis professional, Mr. Whelan's not that impressed with a tennis ball moving at only 100 kilometers per hour. 60 miles an hour, that's a serve that's going to get hammered. Now, apparently somebody named Andy Roddick had a serve that was something more like 140 miles an hour. But can he do that with a subatomic particle? That's what I want to know. Probably not. Now, in the three minutes or so we have left for this segment, we probably should go south of the border past Mexico way down to Managua, Nicaragua. We reported on this program in the past that things are not well down in the state of Nicaragua, which is currently being headed by Daniel Ortega, formerly head of the Sandinista movement. Now, in June of last year, Daniel Ortega ordered banks in the country to freeze Catholic church accounts saying that certain dioceses had been involved in criminal movement of funds that entered the country irregularly. The authoritarian Ortega has been at odds with the church since he brutally put down a 2018 anti-government protest in which at least 360 people were killed and hundreds more arrested and tortured. When the Catholic bishops tried to mediate between his government and the protesters, he accused them of attempting a coup. And it's really gone south from there when, last month in December, the Nicaraguan government accused the organizers of the Miss Nicaragua pageant of, quote, conspiring against the nation, unquote, by crowning an anti-government contestant. The pageant director, Karen Celebretti, and her husband and son were charged with treason. And police said the family had conspired to turn pageants into political traps and political ambushes financed by foreign agents. These charges stem from evidence that Shianis Palacios, who recently became the first Nicaragua to be crowned Miss Universe, had participated in the 2018 uprising against Daniel Ortega. And frankly, I can't resist quoting from The Economist on how it covered this story. Few people would perceive a 23-year-old bikini and ball gown model as a political menace. Yet the crowning of Shianis Palacios, a Nicaraguan beauty queen as Miss Universe in November, ruffled the feathers of the country's dictatorial dumverette. Ms. Palacio's victory sparked a rare wave of euphoria in her home country. Nicaraguans poured into the streets, honking car horns and waving the national flag. The spontaneous joy unnerved President Daniel Ortega and his vice president and wife, Rosario Murillo. Both are former Marxist-Leninist guerrillas who helped overthrow a family-run dictatorship in 1979 to which I would editorial insert and inserted their own family dictatorship in its place. The Economist notes Mr. Ortega was in power for a decade before losing an election in 1990, but he was re-elected in 2006 and has since installed his own family as the people in charge. All except one of the ruling couple's nine children are presidential advisors or control state-owned 
petrol distribution companies, and media channels. The one exception accused Mr. Ortega of sexual abuse and lives in exile. Anyway, we have to take a short break here. Let's do so. I'm not quite done with this story here, though, so let's continue it on into our second segment. Listening to Radio Parallax, I'm Douglas Everett. (laughs) 